G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. Errol Spence has Pacquiao on the ropes, and here comes Big E on a jet. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have to cash in on a WWE championship? I mean, can can you transfer that over? Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and if I sound a bit hoarse, I'm sure you can understand. I've screamed my lungs out all weekend, much like everybody in the WWE universe. The fans are back. Normalcy has returned, and what a way to kick off the return to normalcy. So much to get to, so little time. As always, here to help me navigate the madness, the slash to my axle, Mr. Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word, my friend? You know what? I was watching uh, Friday. I was watching Sunday. I was watching Monday. You have good reason to be hoarse, and no one's going to hold anything against you, man, because you were outstanding. Jimmy was outstanding. Byron was Byron Cole was great. Pat McAfee was awesome. What a weekend it was to have a little bit of Americana, a little bit of normalcy back in all of our lives. No doubt about it. And everybody with electricity knows all of the craziness that has gone down since this past Friday. Friday Night Smackdown was awesome. We can talk about that in a little bit, but let's talk about what everybody is still buzzing about. The final moments of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, the return of John Cena. That place, Fort, you know, Fort Worth, Worth. Texas. It's hard for me to get my words right because I remember sitting there watching. I hadn't heard anything like that in what, a year and a half? However many days. That place sounded like the roof was going to pop off of it. It was a powder keg ready to explode. I'm going to give you context for how my night ended. Finished calling our final match. Main event was Pat and Cole calling uh, Edge versus Roman Reigns, which was unbelievable. A master class by two of the best doing it and to have perhaps ever done it. Edge being a Hall of Famer, reminding everybody why. The story that was told, the drama of that match, absolutely unbelievable. I sat in the locker room with MVP and Bobby Lashley and watched on the monitor. The three of us just watched as fans, just enjoyed the show. The match ends. We all say our goodbyes, and as I file out of the locker room, we have monitors backstage throughout the, the, the makeup area where the seamstresses are, so everybody knows what's going on. So as I have my bag in hand, I'm walking down toward the exit, and I heard John Cena's music because I had no idea it was, it was coming. I had no idea. that I thought the show was over. Hey, Roman Reigns retains. Great story, great drama. When John Cena's music showed up backstage, was vibrating, was rumbling. You could feel the electricity of the fans without even being out inside the arena proper. It was truly massive. And the excitement sort of permeated the entire locker room because when I got to Raw the next day, it felt different because you have maybe the greatest of all time back on the roster for the foreseeable future. John was very open and honest saying, this isn't a one-night deal. I'm not here just to come in for a cup of coffee and disappear again. John Cena's back for right now. We know he's got his sights set on SummerSlam. Cena reigns. It's not official yet, but it looks like that's where we're going. Man, talk about a marquee, big money, main event matchup for Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. I'm here for it. 
You know, it's the uh, term is locker room sellout. Correct. Everybody's around a monitor waiting to see what was going to happen. You know, I, I sat at home. Mackenzie and I sat on the couch. I jumped out of uh, the little white seat that I sit in when I watch the shows, and she's looking at me, and then the smile comes across her face. That's what John Cena does. John Cena grabs everyone's attention because John Cena has his hands and everything. He is this Aaron generation's rock. If you want to really put it out there. And that's just me saying it. He is a movie star. He is a bona fide celebrity that crossover appeal that everyone always talks about. That is what John Cena brings you. All eyes then turn from money in the bank to Monday night raw. And then you again, you son of a had the best seat in the house front row and center for John Cena coming out on raw. The place was buzzing again in Dallas, and I was hanging on every single word that guy was talking about for, what, 10, 11, 12 minutes? And the the beauty of it was just how organic and natural it felt, and it was just John It never never missed a beat, didn't miss a step the entire— We haven't seen him since, what, WrestleMania last year in the Firefly Funhouse? And that's even—did we even see him? Because COVID, you didn't really see him because that was its own specialty-type— that thing right he hadn't been in front of a crowd in how long exactly there would be universe what was interesting to me graves was how he has transcended in this last year and a half to where he, he has so much respect from the audience from the wwe universe people used to say cena sucks and they meant it now they have so much admiration for the man Oh, then I have no doubt. We'll hear the booze. We'll hear the Cena yeah, sucks. It, it, everyone will get back into their old <laughs> they habits. Will, but but it was, because that was an instance, that was a real reaction from fans going, oh man. And those moments these days with the internet are so few and far between. Everybody thinks they know what's coming. Everybody is expecting this to happen. So when everybody, including the people backstage, are caught off guard by a return the size of Cena, it's hard not to be excited, particularly in that moment. And when he kicked off Raw on Monday, everyone in Dallas was fired up. When, when, when John masterfully played the arena, when he manipulates fans with ease, when he says, no, do better, and they do better, and it's call and response, and it was just so much fun. We didn't say a word because we didn't have to. There was nothing we could have added that John Cena, being the puppet master of the WWE universe, it was just so enjoyable, so cool to be a part of. And while we're still reminiscing about Money in the Bank, don't forget, big-time interview with the new Mr. Money in the Bank, Big E, right here on After the Bell in a short period of time. We'll get to that soon. But I want to focus on Monday Night Raw because I was there also. And while we're talking massive returns, Vic, we got sort of a double stack. The almighty Bobby Lashley comes out, lays out an open challenge. And it's first answered by Keith Lee which got an unbelievable response. Keith Lee, a a native Texan, being in Dallas, great reaction to see the big man come out. Lashley does what he does best, dispatches of Keith Lee. And then, then the epic drums hit. Then the sparks fly. Goldberg's back. It still brings out the child in me, man. And I don't want to bring it down for a second, but I really have to like focus because I was excited. The first time I was on After the Bell, as your wingman, your co-pilot, whatever you want to call it, we had Goldberg. And I was so excited to have Goldberg because that was someone from my childhood. He's back. The response, even Goldberg, that Goldberg got, the way Goldberg looks, and the fact that you saw the television, you were there live, I was watching TV, and I go, man, I want to see these two kick each other's asses. Right, and they didn't right. even have to say a word. 
They just also, walked up and looked at each other. But I, I love, love, love that Bobby said, no. Well, Bobby didn't. MVP said, no, we're not doing this. And Lashley looked like he wanted to tear Goldberg's head off, vice versa. Again, if that's where we're headed, it's not official, but all signs point to that showdown occurring uh, perhaps sometime in Las Vegas in the near future. I don't know. Just speculating. It is not official. Don't but, get yelled at. Right. I'm trying. You already to got yelled at for not calling out a cello or something. Oh, the internet was very upset with me because I don't know my my string instruments as well. What as, did you uh, mess up? I called it apparently a stand up bass, a cello. But guess what? It was about 12 feet away from me. I don't know the difference. I've never played a cello or a stand-up bass or any instrument for that reason. How I, 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 said to, I said to Jimmy Smith after the show, as I was scrolling through Twitter, realizing how everybody was very upset with me. You know what never happened to me in, in high school? I never got beat up by somebody in band. And then I said that on the air, and somebody said, people don't play the cello in band. It's an orchestra instrument. And I said, I don't know why I read Twitter anymore. I don't know why you do read Twitter I'm really good at it. I, I know you're really good at it. <laughs> I'm very well aware. Because I can listen to the show and hear you reading Twitter and then calling those people out without calling those people out. And then <laughs> you just yell at Byron when you're actually mad at the person who tweeted you, which is fair. Yelling at Byron is fair. And, and, and while we're talking about the internet, if you listen to the internet, everyone hates Goldberg. No one wants to see Goldberg. Goldberg's not Goldberg again. There was a packed arena, the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, was rocking. And you know what they weren't doing? Booing or showing signs of disapproval. People were jacked up and fired up because guess what? You may not like Goldberg's move set, but he's freaking Goldberg. He's an icon. He's going to move box office tickets. That's what the name of the game is. If Goldberg shows up, people show up to watch Goldberg do his thing, period, point blank. I hope we get Goldberg Lashley. I think it will be massive. Well, you think Goldberg Lashley, you think Cena reigns, two matches you've, you've talked about, it maybe is where everything is going, nothing's official. And you also mentioned our guest today. What if our guest decided to come out and cash in on Goldberg? Goldberg was able to beat Bobby Lashley or vice versa or John Cena or Roman Reigns. Think about the possibilities, oh, the possibilities of SummerSlam. Endless, and that's why, to me, Money in the Bank is such a fun story. No matter what happens, every year it adds this new element of unpredictability and surprise that even when something seemingly innocuous is happening, there's always Mr. or Ms. Money in the Bank looming. Just ask Charlotte Flair. Because as Monday Night Raw went off the air, the Queen retains her title versus Rhea Ripley. And who comes out but Ms. Money in the Bank, Nikki A.S.H., cashes in. Nikki's your new Raw Women's Champion. And, and we talk about underdogs in this business and some of the, the most infamous underdogs of all time. Nikki's really stepped into that role very quickly. The superhero thing, on the surface, you go, hmm, this, this is maybe a little, little hokey for my taste. Maybe it's a little cheesy. But the whole story behind it has been Nikki saying, I'm not a superhero. I'm just believing in myself. I'm, I'm giving myself a motivation. So it's not some, some outlandish story where this woman has superpowers or acquired them through some mysterious... See what I'm getting at. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Nikki is Nikki, once upon a time, Cross, now Nikki A.S.H., and she's the Raw Women's Champion. And man, I challenge you to find a person in any locker room as beloved as Nikki. What a sweetheart of a human being even callous old me 
as she cashes in and takes Charlotte Flair's championship, I couldn't help but go, man, this is cool. This feels good. I, well, good for Nikki. It was a great moment to cap off what was a great weekend of festivities for the WWE returning to a live audience. Nikki is someone that is another, and you'll probably get this reference, maybe a handful of people, has competed at Turner's Hall. And Correct. she's been the same Nikki when it was Storm to Cross to, you know, ASH. She's been the same way all the way across. I have I have a very big admiration for Nikki Cross and the fact I'm very excited for her to become the women's champion, the Raw Women's Champion. And I want to put a pin in this conversation because I know we need to move on. I would like to have a conversation with you in a few weeks about money in the bank, about elimination chamber, and the list goes on, hell in a cell, about matches and moments that have now been turned into great events. Because do we wish they stayed great events or do we wish they were spontaneous like they were a decade ago, 20 years ago? I would like to have that conversation with you. I just want to put a pin in that topic to come back to us here on After the Bell. Oh, great. That's that's uh, that's great forward thinking there, Vic. I look forward to having that conversation because I have some once. I have some some points to be made on that front. But also, man, there's so much that went down. Like, Finn Balor is back on Friday night SmackDown. Uh, this coming week, SmackDown is going to be simulcast from Cleveland, Ohio, your neck of the woods. And also rolling loud in Miami. Uh, I've got a very vested interest in a particular women's championship match uh, that's going on down there in the South Florida region. I hope we have a new SmackDown women's champion, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but Vic, this is almost, it feels very much like the opening week so to speak, that we always refer to after WrestleMania. The week after WrestleMania, the, the Raw after WrestleMania, the energy, the, the clean slate, so to speak. You've got fresh faces and new superstars. You've got new matchups. You've got interactions you haven't seen before. Everything right now, to me, feels very, very fresh and exciting, and, and that, to me, is the best thing about this business. We always talk about the gray area of what we do in this industry, the question marks when reality starts to blend a little bit and bleed in. But you're right, man. This weekend was a whole new feel on many different levels, though. It went from not just the entertainment aspect of it. It went into real world because we're finally all getting back together. If you and I were there at the same time, we would have been jumping in a car and driving. Well, it was only about 30 minutes, right? Uh, yeah. So we would have been driving 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it is. And it, it's getting back to normalcy that we talked about. And it's fun to see the world coming back, to see us being able to get back on the road. And it's a whole different vibe right now. And that vibe in itself is exciting. And then you sprinkle in John Cena, you sprinkle in Goldberg, you sprinkle in SummerSlam. It just adds to a perfect, perfect, perfect Can I just situation. tell you... The only, the only downside of my trip to Texas this week. Oh, here we go. You always have to be negative. Just like I don't. No, 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 no. See, you're absolutely wrong. I, I had a blast this weekend. I was in a good mood. I, it, it was, it was just felt good. I was excited to be back on the road. I was excited to go back to Texas. I love Texas. I have a great time every time I'm there. But I said to myself when I was waiting for the rental car shuttle at Dallas Airport in about 95 degrees, 2,000% humidity, and I went, oh, man, I kind of forgot about this aspect of traveling. That sort of sucks. But at least I have Whataburger to look forward to, right? So I plan out my entire day on Sunday. After Money in the Bank, I know the exit. 
by the hotel where there is a Whataburger. It's also connected to a convenience store so I can get anything I need prior to going back to my room to recover from money in the bank. I pull in, I pull in <laughs> to <laughs> pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I pull into the gas station slash burger and it's closed. Whataburger is like infamously 24 hours 24 a day, hours. but not this. The one closest to me, the one that would have been convenient to me was not operational. Uh, and that was the case for Monday night as well. So I have made a trip to Texas and am still sans Whataburger. Uh, that was the only, uh, the only rain on my parade this weekend. I can imagine your face pulling into that Whataburger because I've seen you drop some Whataburger, some doubles and some triples with jalapeno. Get that spicy and, ketchup, man. That's, yeah, that's you what do it's all, all sorts about. of stuff. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get any Whataburger. I might drive down the street because there's a Whataburger by me here in Orlando that I don't think you ever knew about. It's about they put a Whataburger away. in Orlando? There's one at about 35 minutes away or something like that. I might take the trip just to send you a picture of there the Whataburger. There used to be one in Jacksonville. We looked very forward to when we were in the FCW NXT days. We could all, and, and you would pull into the Whataburger, you race to get out of the armory because you knew everybody on the roster or everybody that was in a car was stopping at Whataburger and there would be, 14 cars deep in the drive-thru, and it was everybody. Everyone who had just wrestled, every producer, every coach, everyone went to Whataburger. It was like a set, and you you had to get there first as you were waiting in line. So I take it back. It's about an hour away because we're talking about the same Whataburger. Okay, so you're a liar. I want to go there You're today. a liar. You got my hopes up. I did. I, I want to go there, and I want to send you a video of me ordering a nice Whataburger, and then right before I take a bite of it, I'm going to throw it in the garbage. That type of friend I am to you, my man. You're fired, and I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever finished the food and like, man, what a burger? Okay, well, then they should change the name. We'll put a pin in this conversation. Put a pin in this conversation because we have something big and important to get to. Emphasis on the big because the opportunity that this man achieved this past Sunday, becoming the brand new Mr. Money in the Bank, joining us here on After the Bell, my good friend and yours, Biggie. E, we are several days removed from you becoming the brand new Mr. Money in the Bank. I want to know what was going through your mind when you hoisted Seth Rollins onto your shoulder from the top of a freaking ladder to deliver the biggest big ending in the history of the world. Uh, man, so for me, that whole, just the, the matching was incredible. And to me, like becoming Mr. Money in the Bank is incredible in and of itself. But I think what makes it feel even more special for me was, I, I think you can make an argument that that was the most stacked field of competitors in a Money in the Bank match. When I saw I it, I knew, yep. I knew we were going to make some magic. We were going to have, like, this was going to be fire. There was no way it wasn't going to be good. So, like, that I think is a big reason why. Um, but for me, in my mind, when I replay it, it's as soon as I start to slide into the ring and feel that rumble and feel people start to get it. Because... It feels like, I think from a fan's perspective, when Seth hits that powerbomb on Kevin and starts to climb, it, you know, I'm just listening and it feels like, oh, they really think it's over. Seth's got this. And as soon as I start to slide in and feel people coming with me, start to climb, and as, as soon as I slide my arm under Seth and feeling that, man, that's the magic of what we do. That's the business. That's, that's the juice. That's the essence of what we do. And I know... Obviously, we were doing the best we could during the Thunderdome era. But, you know, a part of me afterwards, as, as I've had time to sit and think, I kind of like, I sat back and I, I felt bad for someone like Drew, who had his biggest moments without people and without fans. 
Because if we had had that same match in the Thunderdome, I still would have been very grateful. I still would have had so many of the same emotions. But what really, the stuff that makes you stay up all night, I only slept 90 minutes because I was just sitting in my hotel room buzzing for hours upon hours. The, the magic of this stuff, the stuff that just makes you want to keep coming back for more years and years later is the reaction of the people. And that's, that's to me, is the stuff that just recounting it now is giving me goosebumps because I'm so appreciative that for some reason, after all these years, people aren't tired of me. They're not done with me. They're not sick of me. The fact that people were so supportive and just, you know, I had people text me like, you know, it was really loud. Uh, even like Kevin said that his ears hurt from the pop. It was uh, and deafening, he said he, man. It yeah, was deafening. He said he's never had that happen before. And sometimes I'm like, all right, it seems loud, but I don't know. I'm in it and maybe. But to hear outside perspectives and just the amount of overwhelming support. And, and you know how it is. It's so difficult. It, it's very rare, I think, for people, almost 100% or the vast majority of people to be on your side. I'm not saying it's 100%, but I saw all, like virtually no pushback, no negative stuff. And maybe I just missed most of that stuff, but everything was so overwhelmingly positive. The amount of people who reached out to me from fans to my peers, to people backstage, that's the stuff that really is humbling and I'm really grateful for. But man, the, the whole moment, uh, the climb, being up there, being able to look around, that, that's one of the, the coolest moments of my career. It's, it's, it's a drug, man. And I, I hope everyone gets an opportunity in your field, your career, whatever it is that, that like gets you excited. I hope everyone gets an opportunity to, to do something similarly because that's one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life. It was, it's, it's, it's incredible. And just thinking about it again, man, I wouldn't trade that for the world. How much do you think that moment, how much more do you think that moment meant having sort of had your breakout year as a singles competitor, but basically almost exclusively inside the Thunderdome? Yeah, that, that's what made it, it. It felt really like my first opportunity to to have a, a portion of my singles run in front of people. I know we had WrestleMania, so we were in front of people there. It obviously just didn't go my way. But this felt really like the first real moment in front of fans as a singles competitor since 2014. A, you know, it's, it's a long time uh, that we've done stuff with the New Day. And uh, Kofi's been able to do single stuff, but Woods and I really have just been doing tag stuff for seven years now. So uh, that definitely made it more special. It, it was honestly, it felt like a perfect storm uh, getting to have, you know, some of my really good friends. Uh, Emilio was was in the crowd too. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just really, I, I couldn't ask for it to, to be, uh, it was a perfect, it felt like a perfect moment in so many ways. Bad, bad guy, that Emilio. Bad guy. <laughs> yes, yes, awful human. Yeah. You know, he, it was a couple of weeks ago, Graves and I were talking about, you know, the, the Thunderdome is going to be a thing of the past here soon. And who do we think is that next guy that the WWE Universe is going to gravitate to? And I think we both kind of agreed that it was you. It's just something that we felt, something that we saw. To take that a step further, man, I've been able to talk to guys in NXT, Odyssey Jones, uh, Swerve, Ashanti, uh, AJ Francis. These are guys now that look up to you. You know, you talk about it's been a long time for a, a big singles win. How does that make you feel? And I'm not talking about Big E. I'm talking about the man that you are, that you now have a generation below you that wants to break through and break a mold. Uh, that's wildly humbling to me. I suppose, uh, you know, for me, I'm not someone who is... 
I suppose, naturally brimming with confidence. It, it took me years and years to be more comfortable with myself. Uh, so I, I love what Hit Row's doing. And for them to take anything at all from what I'm doing uh, is incredibly, it's, it's, it's beautiful to hear. Like getting the respect of my peers uh, is something that, you know, in many ways, I still see myself as a failed former football player who walked into FCW with no experience and is still trying to figure this thing out. You know, it's been 12 years and I feel like I know what I'm doing now, but there's still an element of me too is just like, I'm, I just really wanted to find a place in this industry where people respected what I did and that I actually felt like I contributed to the industry. And that when I walked away, I wasn't just a, a succubus, like a guy who, who took a paycheck and didn't really contribute. But uh, the fact that I'm able to, to provide something that my peers have some respect for or some admiration for is wildly humbling. And I'm, I'm very appreciative because I think, I think what they're doing is awesome. And uh, you know, going back to your earlier point, one of my fears was, and I was joking around with my friends is, like, hey, man, some of us might think, all right, we're, we're over. We're hot in this Thunderdome. And you think, all right, it's going to be a breeze once we get in front of people. But in the back of my mind, I low-key worry, like, man, maybe I get out there and it's crickets. Maybe people aren't behind me the way I think, you know? Um, I think, that was, a, I think that, was a, that was a fear for a lot of guys. I know really? I've had the same, I had the same conversation with Drew McIntyre uh, recently because there was that uncertainty. It was a bit of confidence, like, yeah, hey, I've been, I've been kicking ass all year. They're, they're going to be behind me. But what if they're not? Right. And that was a real fair for a lot of guys. You don't know because we're in this environment and, that, and we, that's what we had to do. That's what we had to do. But we're in this environment that is not the organic environment of, of having fans there. And, that, and that's what I truly love about our industry and what we do is that you can put a show together on paper and you can have an idea of who's hot, who's not, who should be at the top, who shouldn't be. But once you throw that your best laid plans and you put them in front of a live crowd and that live crowd is different, even in that same town, they can respond different than they would three months from now. So that and that's what I really love is that your best laid plans can completely be ruined and turned by the fans. And uh, I'm just really grateful that for some reason people were still behind me. But that was a real not that I was worried about it or it kept me up at night. But like I just you just never really know because we're guys we're not new fresh guys you know the new day uh who are like oh i haven't really seen this stuff before we've been around a long time and, and in a good spot so there's just always the fear that there's that new day fatigue or biggie fatigue speak to that a little bit because it, it seems as though you guys have kind of managed to stay under the radar while still being front and center for everything for the entire run of the New Day. Once you guys found your footing, obviously you guys have documented very well about the evolution that became New Day, but you guys have been, to your point, in a very good spot for a very long time. And what do you speak to that longevity? I think a big thing really is the fact that there's a very genuine and real bond uh, and the power of positivity. It's, it's the gimmick, of course, but I, I think it, it is real amongst the three of us. I think it comes from a very real place. And I, I think people eventually can see through manufactured chemistry. They can see through uh, a lack of authenticity. And I think it's been important for us to be as genuine as we can be. Sure, we're still performing. You're going out there and you're not just yourself doing whatever you want. But I, I think we try to approach our, our gimmicks, our characters 
in a very real way. Uh, and, and, and also we've, we've tried our best. Obviously there are certain parameters. It's, it's a television show, so you can't just do whatever you want, but we've tried our best to keep our stuff fresh, whether it's gear stuff, whether it's promo stuff, but we've also been baby faces for a very long time. And that's, that's one of the hardest things to do yes. is to be <laughs> a baby face for a long time because they're not cool. We're not cool. Nope. No, he, the heels are the cool ones. People get tired. People get tired and burned out. And you guys have somehow managed to avoid that. That's incredibly impressive. It speaks volumes to the, all three of your abilities. I want to ask you about this, E. This is something that, you know, looking back over the past couple of years, it's been tumultuous. We talked briefly, I think, on this show. I know you guys on your New Day podcast, Feel the Power, discussed the importance of it. And I know Kofi and you, particularly in the middle of the Thunderdome, we're very open about representation and your culture and standing up for, for what is important to you guys uh, in WWE and the business. You look across the landscape now. Big E is Mr. Money in the Bank. Bobby Lashley, WWE champion, headlined and main evented a pay-per-view with Kofi Kingston, who has been WWE champion. Bianca Belair, SmackDown women's champion. What does it mean to you, E? Because I know how important this was to, to you and everybody uh, to see how the landscape has changed in WWE and beyond. I love it, man. It, it's uh, it's something that really warms my heart. Uh, I, I think just to have young black and brown kids who can watch WWE and see themselves on the screen. I think Bianca's incredible because she just feels she has that real, authentic, genuine feel. Like I, right. I think the Bianca you see on TV is the same Bianca that you would see at a restaurant or or at home. Like to me, she just that, that's what I really love about that. And my thing is, I never wanted. It to be like when you watch Sasha and Bianca at WrestleMania, I at no point, I think if you have, if you approach it with an earnest mindset at all, I don't think anyone can really say, oh, they just found two black women and decided to give them. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, that that no way in hell. It was clear to me, oh, they're both two of the very best at what they do, and they have easily earned this opportunity. And that's what we want. We don't want a quota system. We don't want to just be given spots because we're black. But I love seeing, hey, we just got, we just happen to have a bunch of really dope black wrestlers right. and performers right now. And I think even if you want to look outside of our, our of our company, if you look elsewhere, it's just a really good time for, you know, black men and women in professional wrestling. It's just a, a good time. And uh, I'm glad that, uh, you know, we're getting more opportunities to, to show how good we can be. But, I you know, we just really... I think our show should be representative of what our world looks like. And that's, that's the aim. And I think we're, we're getting closer and closer to that. So yeah, man, it really, it makes me uh, very proud to see so many of us doing so well. Well, you can take that a step further too. Wesley's one half of the NXT tag team champion swerves, the North American champion, not to, you know, bring Cruise. up hit row, you know, again, yeah. And the, the list goes on and, and, and I bring it back to, to the hit row guys, you know, E, it's that authenticity you talk about, that realness that can't be manufactured. You just can't walk through things and give them lines to say, like, they are real. That is for individuals that are themselves, and that really comes through the television screen, at least to me. Oh, completely, completely. And they're doing news to man. What, just even being able to watch that cypher. Right. Like, we, we messed around with the rap battle. The, the Usos can actually rap. We have no business rapping. That was a one and done. It was fun. <laughs> I'm glad we did it. But we, the three of us are clearly not rappers. But when you watch, like, this is... Like, this is what Swerve does. This is who he is. He'd be making music. When when his wrestling career is over, I'm sure he'll still be making music. Uh, and, and I love that it just feels very fresh. And uh, I, I'm just a big fan of what they're doing. I'm excited to see how far they go. Because it just, this is, it's a breath of fresh air. And 
What I've noticed too, for a long time, being a hip hop fan, is there are so many rappers who love wrestling. And I don't know if, if you know who he is, but West Side Gun was, was the black man in the back when I was lifting up the briefcase, that yep. last kind of shot. Uh, he's, and he's doing incredible things with his label with Griselda. Uh, but you know, but there's so many wrestlers too who love hip hop as well. So just being able to kind of bridge that gap in a more natural way, I think is really cool. And I think hopefully like Rolling Loud is an opportunity to kind of do a little bit of that. Um, but man, just having the synergy between um, hip hop and pop culture and what we do in our industry, uh, I think is really dope. So yeah, man, I'm just a fan of, of where we're headed because I feel like that's allowing us as an as a business and as an industry to be more culturally relevant. Off the top of your head, if you had to have uh, somebody from the hip hop world step into the ring, excluding Wale, because okay, Wale okay, is okay. basically he's basically a member of the roster at this point. Yeah, uh, who who do you think would fit really well in the world of WWE? Uh, man, they're also friends. So I've, I, this is, I'm being biased again, but I love the Flatbush Zombies. Flatbush, uh, I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah, was yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. them last week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, man, they're, and they're big wrestling fans too. Uh, they're also, they're just, they're just, they get it. Uh, and they're, they get entertaining people. Uh, I went to a live, I've been to a few of their uh, live shows, but to see the way they rock a crowd, cause sometimes like you'll have really dope rappers who their stuff is great on on wax like you listen to the record and that's dope but you see them live and it's like ah that's that's yeah. you know that's not great but no these guys are great live so i think they'd be great uh, you know in in a ring too so uh yeah flapper zombies for sure g3 assistance through virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career Right where you are, right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. I read an interview that you did uh, in the moments after Money in the Bank where you sort of declared that you were keeping a closer eye on Roman uh, is that is that where your focus is, Roman Reigns, in the Universal Championship? Or what, what are the odds that Big E might, you know, take a trip to Mondays? I mean, I don't have any friends there anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's still very early, man, so I got to figure all that stuff out. But uh, there's also this very natural story with, with Bobby and, you know, with the stuff that he's been doing with, with Kofi and Woods. And uh, that makes sense, too. Uh who knows with Goldberg there, you know, that's, uh, people love that nonsensical, uh, meaty men slapping meat. Uh, but that's, that's like, <laughs> there's a new of, hashtag for us, Grace. Uh, hashtag yeah, slap meat. Big, big E's, big E's been slapping meat for years. It's for it's years, meaty, big, meaty men, so much beef. But, <laughs> but that's the, that's the kind of cool thing too, is I, I look around and there are some already very natural opportunities for me that, that just makes sense, whether it's Goldberg, uh, whether, whether it's Bobby, um, I, you know, Roman to me is just at the very top of our industry. And if you really want to make a statement, if you want to be remembered, if you want to be a legend, that's the way to do it. You know, whoever takes that title off of Roman is going, it's going to be remembered because his, his run right now is an all time great run. And uh, I think he's still cooking, man. He And the, I'm excited, too. I'm going to take a second to step back and just be a fan to watch him and Cena because those two guys, uh, the stuff they're going to do in those promo segs, just that jousting. And a lot of times it's stuff that it'll be subtle, but those are two guys who don't know how to be number two. 
and they're going to find ways to usurp the other. And so all that stuff, I think, is just it's just cool to kind of see them go back and forth, too. Um, and you just I just harken back to a few years ago, uh, you know, the the promo segs with with him and Roman and him talking about like, hey, I'm still here because you're not, you're not doing your job. If you tell me you're still sticking around because I don't know what I'm doing or I'm not doing my job or I need to learn to cut a promo, bruh, <laughs> you like we always say like <laughs> And, and when guys fight or, or when guys like things happen backstage, the the one thing that makes it cross that line is going after someone's work. The yep. way like you could talk, you talk about family, you talk about yep. everything. If you talk about my work, you talk about what I'm doing in the ring. You talk about my ability, my promo stuff. That's stuff. That's stuff that gets you heated, man. So right. I, I'm intrigued. I'm going to take a second to sit back as a fan and just watch to see who kind of finds a way to to one up the and, other. And you can't and you can't discount the fact you've also got Paul Heyman in the mix. Yes. When it yes. comes to master master promos, master orators, you've got Paul Heyman, John Cena, and Roman, who's really stepped up and found himself recently. I think it's going to be a magical build up to SummerSlam. Completely, completely. I almost wish we had more weeks. I just just give them <laughs> give them fifteen minutes uh, with mics every single week. So yeah, that, that's kind of cool for me. Obviously, that's a position I want to be in as well. But I don't have a problem sitting back and just saying, "Hey, I, I think this is going to be dope, and I want to watch it." It's funny because you were talking about those, and I wasn't here yet, so I was a fan. I was sitting at home, and when that promo segment happened, and, and I remember seeing, take a second, find it. I went, oh, yeah. and like yeah. the next day, that was water cooler talk. We we're like, hey man, did you see that? Like that was real. And then, and then you get here, and it's like, man, they can bring all that up. You, you talk about cashing in money in the bank, and who's it going to be against? You did a uh, interview after you won Money in the Bank, immediately following that was put up by, by uh, WWE Digital. What will it mean to you, the man, to become WWE champion, no matter who you beat, whether, whether it ends up being Cena or Reigns, what does it mean to you, the individual? Uh, it'll mean a lot for me in the sense that uh, that's, that's, to me, the real marker of, of having a successful singles run. Like, it'll be... My not that not that it was a fear, but when Kofi gave me his blessing, Woods gave me his blessing to all right, you're on you're on a different brand now. You're gonna be doing single stuff. For me, it meant a lot to actually. I gotta walk away with something, you know. Uh, and I still see for me, all my achievements are like the the metaphor I've been using is I feel like I'm leaving the cave to go out and pick berries and to to find fresh meat and bring it back to the new day cave because that's still even though I'm on my own, I'm on my own show I don't get here without the new day without Kofi Woods and the love we still have for each other the support we still have for each other uh is still it hasn't wavered at all so in my mind everything that I do still adds to our legacy as a trio and that's important to me I as you know as honored and, and as humbled as I am by being uh voted the greatest tag team of all time we still have more work to do we still want to add to that resume there has never been a moment where we felt like we made it so I, I just have so much love for those guys that even oftentimes, not that I don't want to do it for me, but there's a part of me that's even more fulfilled by making them proud and, and just adding to what we've all done uh, as a trio. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about that opportunity. And uh, for me, it doesn't stop, though, at, at becoming a world champion. The work just begins. And I, I always want to have that mentality that winning the briefcase doesn't mean I made it. Becoming a world champion doesn't mean I made it. Having a great run, even then, still doesn't mean that I made it. Like, you have to continue to have that mindset that you want to grow, you want to improve, you want to add to your resume, and, and that's it for me. So uh, there will never be a, an ah, uh, you know, look around and, and rest on my laurels moment. 
got to stay hungry. I, I'm curious, E, what's, what's your mindset as we return to normalcy, back to touring live? You talked about how much the, the other members of the New Day have meant to you. You guys were inseparable on the road, traveling, this, that, and the other thing. Now we're going back to normal, real life, WWE schedules, flights, and long drives, and you don't have your brothers by your side. What, what does that feel like right now? It's it's not as they, they definitely helped to, to take some of that burden, man, just the, the drives and just even having someone to bounce ideas off of or just having someone to, to complain to. Man, I realized this past loop, I was like, man, I didn't know how much of it would feel like getting back on the bicycle and how much of it would feel new. Uh, but that very first drive from Houston, I did Saturday morning. I went from from Houston uh, to Fort Worth and that felt like, oh, OK, this is what we do. It felt like, you know, getting back into that routine. But man, the first flight I had, and I, I don't usually tweet about travel woes. I never really do because to me, like as a fan, it's like, ah, you're, you, you got a charm life. What you, who cares? But, uh, man, the first flight I had, two, we had two hours of delays sitting on a plane. Uh, then another hour of delays dealing with bad claim. Another, my flight home, I had another couple hours of delays and like, bruh, I, I miss dearly. The fans and wrestling, I don't miss the travel. I don't miss booking hotels. I don't miss uh, having the the room next to you, people, the headboard banging against yeah. the wall and I can't sleep. Well, I, <laughs> sorry, yeah, this is... Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, relax with all the... Yeah. But um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of a lot of that. You know, that, that's the hard part of the business. I feel like in many ways, the wrestling... We the say that all part. the time. That's what we get paid for. That's what they pay us for. Being on TV and, and watching wrestling and, and competing... You love that. You live for that stuff. That is yeah. that is the pay, that's the payoff is getting them like to your point that started the interview. The moment of, of you grabbing the money in the bank briefcase and having an elated crowd cheering you on. That's what you live for. They they send you your paycheck so that you get on the planes, so that you sit in the car, so that you deal with all the nonsense. I, a lot of guys would agree with with a, that's what they pay us for. You know, that's the hard part. That's the worst part. Exactly. And it's it's also been more stark of a difference for me, too, because we were in Central Florida the whole time. Right. And certain guys, you know, it's not. I, when I was think, the last time you were on a plane? So I had to um, we had something to shoot uh, a month ago in L.A. So I went out to L.A. to shoot something. So I, I have and I had another thing we did. Um, I can't remember, but we did some shoot for there was a, a company that makes video games with tanks. And I'm, I should. Oh, I this. did something for them, too. Uh, uh, World of oh, Tanks. Guys, I, think it's called. I didn't I think, do anything. I'm so sorry, Vic. I'm so, yeah, so I didn't sorry. Get you missed to do out. Fun. But but Kofi and I, Kofi and I had to go to to Texas uh, last year. So I've been on a plane two times just to shoot stuff. But beyond that, a year and a half. When you go from probably, I probably average three to four flights a week every single week for seven years, and then you go a year and a half and you take two flights. You know, wow. it's it's very different. So Vic and I were chatting before. I was excited more than anything this weekend about Whataburger. Being in Texas, mm -hmm. being able to have a delicious Whataburger, which led to a rabbit hole uh, discussion of favorite fast food joints. Is it Whataburger? Is it In-N-Out Burger? Biggie, what's your go-to fast food? I, I hate to do this to you. Uh, I'm very boring, but I'm, I'm off fast food. I can't do fast food anymore. I, I don't. I really don't. I, so I, if I had to pick one, I will go with Wendy's because they employed me at the age of 17. And I am very appreciative of that. So I used to love Wendy's. You know, I need my patty square. Uh, but <laughs> beyond that, I, I, <laughs> I have uh, a love for, for sushi and poke is what I do. So, okay. yeah, I'll get my sushi and poke during the day and I'll just have shakes after. I can't do it anymore. I'm, and and uh, to pat myself on the back a little bit, I was uh, 
I'm actually, I don't know if I should reveal this because I still like being billed at a heavier weight, but I was 255 a couple days ago and I'm trying to get my weight down. And I, when we were, when the new day started, I was 305 for years. So I was over 300 pounds for years. So I'm the fact I'm down 50 pounds. I'm, I'm feeling good with my, I don't know if you, if you noticed, but I think it might, and it might've actually been Monday uh, during a commercial break house is dark and you know how we play video clips for the live audience stuff from wwe network or clips from chronicles or whatever and it was the one where you were in in rob's gym doing the lift with cena for cena's chronicle or whatever they were shooting the lead up to to wrestlemania and looking at you you don't look like the same person right and i go that's the dude that i met that's the dude that i knew and that was when we became friends but it's like anything when you see somebody so frequently these drastic changes don't feel so drastic because we're with you all the time. Whereas if somebody hasn't seen you in a couple of years ago, that's not the same guy. It's totally different. Yeah. 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 And that was part of that's on me, but well, then I ended up gaining a lot of weight because I started powerlifting. So Rob had me at one point I was eating a whole DiGiorno's pizza every single day, like on top of my normal diet, just to get the weight I needed to. And it, it helped me cause I got a lot stronger, but I actually, uh, I got hired at about two fifty five, So I'm finally coming back down to, oh, okay. I was as heavy as three seventeen at one point, just fat and strong as I, as I was going to say this is <laughs> squatting 700 something. You got to be big. Yeah. Fat yeah and but strong as an those days are over though. <laughs> you would love traveling with us because back in the day when we used to hit the road, and Corey can contest this, I used to have nice little meat trays with some veggies in it. We didn't really do fast food all the time. Mm, what changed? We had some healthy options. What happened to you? I gave up. I just said, <laughs> I, 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 I do McDonald's three times a week. I mean, I could send you the expense report to show that. I don't get a pound. <laughs> uh, uh, well, obviously, you're, you're Mr. Money in the Bank. Your schedule's going to pick up. Things are going to be busy. Big things in the future. We've got SummerSlam around the corner. What is Big E most excited about in this return to normalcy? Oh, man, SummerSlam will be dope for sure. Uh, I'm excited about uh, doing the Raiders Stadium. That, that'll that be sick yeah. for sure. The same night as as Pacquiao and, uh, and Errol Spence, Errol too. Errol Spence, right. Which is wild. You, you as try, a boxing Try fan. to get out of there early, right? <laughs> so my buddy Andreas, uh, shout out to Andreas Hale, uh, he's trying to figure out, because he's trying to do both, but he's trying to, I'm hoping the main event should go on as after SummerSlam is over. So I'm hoping uh, to jet out of there, but traffic is a concern. So I might need some kind of aerial uh, device. Anybody in Vegas got a chopper? A hoverboard or something? <laughs> or, you know, do you remember those, uh, like, like fan? There was one fan years ago, and I'm, I'm blanking on the fight, but he had, uh, like, these fans that were so strong and balloons that could power him yeah, uh, to fly around. He ended, ended up in the Holyfield. Yeah, the, the Holyfield Holy yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that. <laughs> yeah. I need one of those, but I need <laughs> to not. I think he, he, like, crashes and snags on one of the beams. It was one of the trusses, yeah, that with yeah. the lighting rig above the, above the ring. Right. Yeah, I remember watching that on pay-per-view. Was it, was it the first Tyson Holyfield? I don't know if it was Tyson. I can't it was Holyfield Bo. Holyfield Riddick Bo. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Dan's always got our back. Always. I'm wearing a Tyson shirt, and I can't remember what fight it was. I feel I'm, I'm humiliating myself. Yeah, it's my fault, too. But I think the poor guy, too, he gets snagged up there, and instead of like, oh, let's help you down, I think everyone is so angry that he interrupted the fight. They pull him down. I think they beat him up, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go all indie style at summer, saying, like, hey, I need to be booked first so I can sell my merch at intermission. Like, he needs to get, <laughs> yes. get out of there so he can get to the fight. Dude, that's a big fight, too. I'm excited it's, about that It's one. enormous. Enormous. Could you imagine Errol Spence has Pacquiao on the ropes, and 
here comes Big E on a jet does, do you have to cash in on a WWE championship? I mean, can, you, can you transfer that over? That's a good question. <laughs> Big E somehow becomes the WBO light heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's good for everybody's business. So that's the reason you're cutting yeah. the weight from 255 and trying that's to lose right. more pounds. Like, that's you know, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got a few more weeks. Yeah. Stay on that sushi diet. Yeah, actually, I need to make cruiserweight. So that, that's the goal, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, uh, well, e, we can't wait for SummerSlam. I'm excited. Uh, I'm proud of everything you're doing, man. You know, that's no BS. I was stoked to see you up on, on the ropes afterwards celebrating. Very happy for all your success and everything going your way. I'm excited to keep riding the wave, man. SummerSlam's around the corner. Keep doing what you're doing. You are always welcome here on After the Bell, despite what Vic says. What do you mean, despite what Vic says? He, he is actually the one I credit for helping me break my, like, hesitancy in the ring, by the way. I had to do a live event as a ring announcer, and he came up to me and said, you better start shaking your hips. And I went, "Uh uh-uh. He goes, I'm not moving until you start shaking your hips. And he started the slow New Day clap, and the whole crowd started, and I'm like, ah, crap. So I, like, turn around and shake my buddy. goes, you nasty. You nasty. (laughs) And walk away, I was like, hey, that's all I got to do? Great. We did it every time I was in there. He came up, yeah. slow clap, look at me, go, come on, Vic. Give it to me now. You yeah, got great man. hips, too. Yeah, great one hips time up. I came out there and went for it in the center <laughs> of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> All right, E. Well, good luck, man. Keep doing what you're doing. You're always welcome here on ATB. One of these days, how about letting my punk ass on your New Day podcast, please? I'd oh, love to you're come right. chat about things. You've been on my show like nine times. Yeah, That's we need to correct that. Blame, blame Dan. That's blame Dan, Dan Record's fault. Damn yes. it, Dan. All right, E. Be well, man. I'll see you soon. I appreciate it. Thanks, boys. Yes, sir. Oh, Vic, that was fun as always. Big mm. E, man. I could have him on every week. In fact, I'm thinking of replacing you with Big E. If you'd you be you know, well, hold on a second. You do this every single week. There were literally die, Vic, die signs. There were. At Money in the Bank, at Raw. I just want to throw that out to everybody. So there are people that actually listen to the show. And thank God. Thank you guys for being the best ATB fans on earth. Listening to the show my- go by without mentioning that. I, <laughs> I was very, very excited when I saw the screenshots on Twitter of the die, Vic, die signs. Uh, yeah, so shout out to, to the, those who were brave enough to follow the orders. And uh, if nothing else, you made my day. I want to thank those that just wrote hashtag ATB. We love after the bell, Vic and Corey signs that, 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 were posted. that, did, Not, that didn't exist. Yes, it did exist. They weren't just die, Vic, die signs in the crowd. Well, they, I mean, I'm not denying that they exist, but they don't exist outside of like your condo. Uh, okay. This is what I'm living in now. Well, deal with it. Suck it up, Buttercup. You can follow at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find him at Vic Joseph WWE. Listen for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Spotify, search After the Bell. Hit that follow button. If you're an Apple user, hit the plus sign on the ATB page, and you will never miss an episode. And While you're there, give us that ever-important five-star rating. Leave us a review. Help spread the word of the greatest sports entertainment podcast on Earth. You can keep up with all your favorite shows in the WWE Podcast Network. That includes New Day, Field of Power. There's your plug for you, Big E. Follow (laughs) at WWE Podcast on all social media platforms, and we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. After the bell. Okay, that was very Michael Scott of you. (laughs) Who? Who?